Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's a special episode. It's the Midway Mark podcast of the Open 140, what are we, 149th Open. It's the cut episode. I'm joined ably by our wonderful co-host. Yes, it's the Rocket Man. How are you, Rocket? Oh, spectacular. He is spectacular, and we'll find out exactly why Rocket is spectacular very shortly. And Magic Mike, how are you, mate? Very well, mate. A little bit, little bit weary, but uh, very happy. Well, like the rest of the Aussies, we're definitely weary because uh, you know this this broadcast finishes about four a.m. Was it fin- been finishing four a.m.? Yeah, four thirty-five, like, I think. It's it's a phenomenal time for Australian go- uh, Australian golfers who like watching the Open because I think we get to turn the first two rounds on at about four p.m. and go through to about four a.m. when the last golfers are finishing. A about maybe 8 p.m. UK time. I think the last tee-off times were like 4, 4, 3.30, 4 o'clock sort of thing. So it's an amazing time to watch golf. Uh, I think what's happened is you guys have been doing majority of the, the afternoon and day shift and I then sw- switch over and do the uh, the late night sort of graveyard shift. Um, yeah, As we joked last night after I have to watch uh, the obligatory two episodes of Coronation Street and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills before I get the opportunity to take over the remote control at about 10.30. But you guys have been abreast of everything that's been going on. Rocket, how's it going for you? How's the 149th Open at Royal St George's going for you? It's been amazing. Everything. Oh, everything. My man Cole, just striped show up there, you know, a little bit wobbly with the putter, you know, in a few phases of um, his round. Um, so he's in contention. You know, Brooksy, even with, you know, starting off, I think he went birdie, bogey double um, in, the f- in the first four holes. He still, you know, came on strong again late in the round um, to be in contention. We've got DJ up there. Spieth's still around. Louis, the Mattress King, is still around. Bryson, he's he's imploding. You know, Rory, don't, I don't even think he's got a pulse. You know, everything, everything that I love, is is there it's there it is absolutely there the open stars have uh, seen to align for you and and you know it's it's not without uh I, I, I don't know how to phrase it but you know if you think back to all of the things that we talk about and you know the summative total of all the people that we talk about and you know the the, the jibber at the time and we think oh this is just jibber going on but there there obviously is a little bit of knowledge behind uh, all of that because Everything that we've talked about is starting to sort of pop up into reality. Um, Again, you know, we talk about the open, we talk about ball striking, we talk about what the course is going to be. And if you look at the top of the leaderboard, the people that actually are very good at ball striking are there. So when you're in form and you're a good ball striker, you are going to contend. Then it all becomes down to having a strategy, staying out of trouble, minimizing your damage, not doing a Molinari, and then making sure you're okay with the putter. You don't have to be you know, absolute, you know, Ben Crenshaw on the greens. You just have to be just making your opportunities when, when they're presented with you. Rocket, and that's what the leaderboard is um, delivering for us. Rocket, that's all true, but I, I actually just meant Bryson behaving like a petulant flog. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> have I brought you on board? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you become one of the acolytes of the Knights of Einstein, Ross? I, I may have... Uh gone past the tipping point when he starts blaming his equipment and uh, blaming one of the brands, which I think are one of the many great brands in golf. But, you know, that brand is, uh, holds a special place in many people's heart. 
Um, I've used it. I've got a set of one length irons in my cupboard right there. And when you start we, blaming, we talked we talked about the history of Cobra last week, yeah. right? When you start right. blaming your clubs um, for you know you playing badly and you know then going on to behave like even greater flog, you know, you're yes. c- certain the Knights of Einstein rise. He's certainly rise. popped. He's certainly <laughs> popped up on my flog there, and I've been. I've tried to protect him. I've tried to provide light colour, shade and balance on the Bryson front where you've been very squarely, you know, that mad scientist track and uh, 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 he's he's moved down a peg for me. Uh, Mike, what about you? How, how's your uh, first two rounds of the Open gone? It's been good. I, I've spent, uh, like you said, I've done the early shifts, so I've sort of been watching from around four until around midnight, so a solid, solid session, but by then I'm pretty tired. Tonight the plan is... Get in bed at around, well, the full on Western Bulldog supporter. So the footy will be on. And then once that's over, I've already told the wife I'm going to eat dinner at about six and go to bed. So I'm going to be up at about 1 a.m. when uh, Colin tees off, my boy Colin, and uh, watch him through till about four or five is the plan. So far, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I think Rocket summed it up perfectly. Having so many big names up the top has been good. Um, if I'm being 100% honest, I wish the weather had shown the course a bit more. I think it's been a little bit, a uh, little bit benign. Has meant the course has been a little bit benign. I think that if it stays like this and the weather looks like it will, um, the score is going to be a little bit unflattering to the course. I think. I think it could be, you know, nearly twenty under. The the good thing is that the RNA don't care about that. No, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. So, so for them, what what will happen is the the course has been yeah a little bit sort of benign, but you can see how it's just, it's slowly starting to just get a little bit firmer, a little bit bouncy, and they'll they'll just slowly sort of take the water off the off the hose. We yeah. maybe put a little bit of a kink in the hose yeah. and slow a little bit less water. And then Saturday, it'll just start to firm up a little bit more. And then Sunday, it's like, you know, they're going to be out there with hair dryers, like no. drying the course out. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that my hope for the weekend starting tonight is that the the RNA is letting it go a little bit. And the, this last two days, you've seen players hitting into greens and it's kind of sat a little bit in those bowls or where those lumps and bumps are. They've kind of landed on the on over the top of those lumps and bumps and then had it sit. Whereas if it gets a little bit harder and you catch two foot earlier and you catch that lump, you're going to be off and gone. And that's kind of what I think would be good because uh, put those pins in a little bit more interesting positions and, uh, yeah, it could be a bit of carnage. Uh, I, I, I still think the way they set up every year, like without fail, they just, they're just they able to produce great golf. Um, there's still carnage and there's still good scoring if someone is actually playing well. So it's just, it, again, they just, they're set up with, without fail out of all the four majors from how do you – identify who the best golfer is that week, their, their tests set them up all the time. The only time it sort of throws a little bit of a spanner in the works is when the weather, you know, you have one of those ones where one half of the draw gets, you know, sent out in um, a tsunami. Yeah. And I think they copped, I think if I look at it from a, from that point of view, for me, I think that not putting anything down about Usi's round so far, but I think he's had the better conditions of Morikawa. I think yeah. they, they were opposite sides of the draw. Morikawa's round one was a lot windier than what Usi's copped. He's copped perfectly benign days both days. So not, yeah. not you know, because Colin was late. Colin was late on yes. on day one, was it? Yeah, because yeah. the wind picked up massively. 
I remember it was, um, <clears throat> I was watching that after I woke up from one of my many um, not offs. And yeah, it was starting to really whip up. So he, for him to shoot three under was actually a really good score in those yeah. conditions. And yeah, Absolutely. you only have to look at it, right? Usti was out early. Everyone was posting all these low scores and then no one was better than three under in the afternoon. Exactly. And then um, coming in, yeah, in the morning, because um, Colin teeing off early, you see his, his round compared to everyone else, you know, there was a couple of others that were scoring really well, but you saw, you know, as soon as um, Usi was teeing off and the rest of the scores in the afternoon, there was probably a lot more um, under par scores, but at the same time, the conditions were just yeah. up flat. Exactly. <clears throat> so um, what was the cut? The cut was plus one? Plus one. Plus one. Who was one on the last? I think to make the cut. Who were the, who were the notables that uh, you know the cut misses? That uh, did any any of the cut misses feature in our what otherwise would have been tips? Uh, mine. Do we, do we sink? Oh, no, we had Stewie oh, sink the outsider. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't fix your faucet. Stewie Stewie sink. Sixty six seventy seven is not going to get it done for Stewie. Um, uh, Rocky, all three of yours have got through. So you had Westy 31st, Pultz is also 31st, Casey's 12th. Uh, Cantlay for me missed the cut, and that was very poor and surprising. Xander 53rd and Cole's 2nd. Uh, and Rocket had Tyrell, who missed. And Brooks is 12th, Pultz is 31st. Um, and then we, we – um, Rocket's the only man standing with this top Aussie. The rest of the Rocket, uh, Ross and I slaughtered it. So Maddie Jones miscut and then Herbie and Minwoo both miscut for Rocket. Uh, Cam Smith dominating for Rocket in the in the top Aussie. Going very well. Having to play with Patrick Reed. Oh that 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 should you know, that's a five shot disadvantage. <laughs> You know, um, think about the amount of walking he has to do to walk over when Patrick hits it in the rough, just to make sure he's not going in there with like a still combi whippersnipper, you know. So uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, cut misses there, Aussies and also uh, an Englishman, two of them broken clubs. What are we, what are we, why are we seeing this prevalence of uh, club snappers? Talking about Mark Leishman and. Leish, um, yeah, Leish, Leish broke the putter on 10. Yeah. Quite an open championship will do to you. It's his first. First club that he's broken in his career, uh, I believe. He's, yeah, I think that's that's a long time coming. I think if you have, well, I've definitely at least I've broken two from memory. Both, both no, one was one was a nine iron, one was a wedge. Too many knifed knife wedges. It was, it was bound to happen. What about you two? I was going to say, Rocket, you've seen like a pretty calm sort of dude on a golf course. How does your form? <laughs> now, now, what's really funny is. Is is Ma Rocket is going to hear this and and she's going to burst out laughing the fact that you just said that because she knows it's not true. <laughs> as, a, as a young whippersnapper, I, I'm in the I'm in the Ram camp. I was I was an absolute hothead. So um, there were a couple of places that made a good living out of me for a while um, because I've snapped a few in my time. Not putters, I always. Not putters, but Irons, Irons copped, a, copped a bit of a punishment over time. There have been a few that have gone over a buggy handle. Actually, I should show you my buggy handle because there's ding marks that are in it that are at least 30 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple have gone over the knee. And, 
yeah, I was a petulant little turd. It's just, it's, there's no other way to put it. And um, But I understand the frustration when you're playing at that level. Like Leishman's probably been in bad form for 12 months. No excuse. It's just one of those things where it's just you just get to a point and you just, pardon the pun, or pun intended, you snap. Well, leash, the big leash did snap. And in fairness, it didn't seem like he was playing that bad. He just wasn't rolling in the putts. And <laughs> he did after that. He, he had went on a birdie streak with the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> he snaps the putter, goes on with the sandwich and rolls in a 15-footer the next hole and then finished pretty strongly but didn't didn't make the cut. But um, I guess it just wasn't playing, you know, the conditions weren't, as you pointed out before, being so benign. You know, his advantage of being able to play under and around and below the wind was somewhat sapped and then when the putts don't start rolling in, it's going to get frustrating for him because he can see yeah. it slipping and, out of reach. And the, the two guys that did snap their clubs, their form has been very up and down for the last 12 months, which would be quite frustrating because – Call it start of 2020, both of them came out the gates quite strong. And, you know, it's it's been very erratic for both of them for the last year. So there's, there's, there's things they're obviously trying to figure out or work on and it's just not happening. Tyrrell had a fair crack at uh, his club snapping. It was it was just like oh, put it on the ground. He like had three stabs at it, three kicks at it. It was like yellow card, yellow card, red card, see you later, bang, gone. It's great. Best Not thing really. is that if it's someone from the UK or if it's someone from Australia, it's like, ah, ah he's, he's at a, he's snapping. But if it was an American, it'd be like, bloody petulant yanks. It was Bryson at the front page again. He was front page just for the driver comment, let alone if he snapped a club. Now, speaking of that, now, we started this podcast a little bit late and that's because I was distracted with an idea. I've put out a, a tweet and I need the listeners to retweet the living suitcase out of it. There's two hashtags. One is one love, one wood, and love your launcher. I need everyone to jump on Twitter and give that an absolute kicking because Brooks and JT and Bryson are also tagged in it. <laughs> Just post a picture of your favourite driver. If you've got one, post it. Talk about how much you love it. And if you've got multiple drivers, I posted one that I've just bought because it's one from my childhood. Just love your launcher. Hashtag love your launcher. Hashtag one love, one wood. Love it. Rocket, the the clubs that, the hashtag clubs that for Rocket things really um, sparked uh, a new level of creativity for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. And Bryson is just delivering for me. So good. Well, uh, so good. Yeah. Brooks, is, Brooks post, post round interview when he talked about it. How he, oh, I drove it really well today. I really love my driver. And then JT, even though JT is on the justification tour, he's uh, he's he's launched into launched into Bryson saying, um, you know, you would think that if you swing at 135 miles an hour, there's a high likelihood of missing it. You would think Mister Physics would understand that. <laughs> exactly. Somebody, that, that. Those comments yesterday about. You know, literally standing there as a professional golfer and outlining that, you know, hitting it into the rough, he's really struggling. But when he's in the fairway, he's finding it a lot easier. But for that to come out of his mouth, I just couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, so you've played golf before. That's how it works. Uh, Yeah, well, that's it, right? You think about, first of all, first of all, you hear the comment that he made about Cobra. Like that was just, just that 
I understand why the person who is the rep, the whatever level that person is, who actually carried for Bryson after his caddy left him at the Rocket Mortgage, said what he did, whether or not it was on the record or off the record, whatever he said, you know, if there's big wigs at Cobra, they should actually give him a pay rise because he's come in and protected the brand and not taken any crap from a little kid. The second thing, the stuff he said after that, just, again, it just proves that he is the fraud. He's a fraudulent physicist because he has no clue on what golf is all about. He's an idiot. And, and as I said last week, I will never, ever have a generational flog like this in my life ever again. So I appreciate him every week. Did get some love for that uh, rocketism, the generational flog uh, I did see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, for the average golfer, you know, the everyday golfer that is out there listening, you know, I'm, I'm in a fortunate position that I get to see, hit, touch, feel um, all of these drivers on a regular basis. And that Cobra Rad Speed driver um, is really, really good. All of the drivers are really at that upper echelon are really, really good. Uh, I just can't understand it. I can't understand why he would do that and, you know, maybe I shouldn't expect too much, but as I say... Because he has no emotional intelligence. He's yeah. like the kid that has been given a participation award in primary school by his parents after every day at school because mm. he went to school. He's a certificate, Bryson. You went to school. You're a good boy. He has no idea about what reality is. He's Interestingly, uh, if you look at the stats, and the, the Open website does a great job of providing some you know, high-level stats that you can look at. Uh, Colin Morikawa... You know, I think his stat for fairways was in yesterday's round was like 57.14. So it was actually much lower than you know, most of the field. And, and the variation in some of those stats between, you know, and the correlation between score, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say there's no correlation between fairways, and, but <clears> it's, <throat> it's, it's all over the place. You look at Louis, Louis, you know, 92.86. Okay, he played at the, in the nice calm part of the beautiful uh, – you know, Kent summer afternoon, but um, yeah, it's that's a it's funny. Like I was just just as you mentioned that I was actually looking at, at Bryson's stats. So his driving accuracy round one was twenty eight point five percent. The average in the field was fifty six. So he's, he's, that's that's not that's not going to get it done in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but it, it leads through to everything else, like you said. So it leads through the how's his approach play after that, then where his approach lands, and that leads into how much putting he has. A lot of the new stats, obviously, this is what you said, um, Ross, top-line stuff. So if you look at um, the way that, that that the sort of PGA Tour does stats now, they look at strokes gained rather than um, exact fairways hit. So mm. if you look at, say, you, you, your example for Morikawa is perfect. So for Morikawa, he might have a lower percentage of actual fairways hit, but if he's only in the first cut and his numbers of um, – approach player quite high as so a strokes gained approach because he's not really affected if he's in that first cut, but it counts as a missed fairway. So if you look at the rest of Morikawa's stats, he's, he's top uh, he's top five or 10 in approaching and putting. So putts per green, I think he's on top. And again, if you're hitting most, uh, if, you're, if you're hitting most greens, you're going to probably have a higher percentage of putts because yep. you're obviously you're on the green. You're going to normally one or two, you're going to two putt. Whereas if you're just off and you're, and you're pitching close, you might have one putt. So, it's so, um yeah it's you can dig into them forever and ever and ever. 
So eighty three. Yeah. His eighty three percent of approach uh, play, and then his uh, one point five putting. So the the average for the field yesterday was one point six seven, and the category leader was Justin Thomas uh, at one point three nine. So um, yeah, that's exactly backing up exactly what you're saying. But uh, yeah, you know, and if you see Collins rounds, like there there are a lot where he's playing for the angles. So he's and. And because of the way the fairways are, there's a runoff into some of those those second cuts. But the thing is, though, he's in a pretty good spot. There were a few where he's obviously in the, in the absolute just bundies, but a lot of it is he's playing angles and he's in those – and it's runoff into the short cut. Hmm. Well, if he's – Morikawa round one hit 50% of fairways, but set just over 72% of greens. And then in round two, 57% of fairways, but 83% of greens. So that's where he's mm-hmm. going to, I mean, that's why when we look at the start of the week and you think about an open course, approach play is, is number one. And this guy picks up strokes gained. He's, I think he's about one or two, one and a half shots better than anyone else in the world at, at approach play. So, yeah, it, it spells for a good week. And I know why a lot of people looked at last week and said he was, was very poor in Scotland and he came out and said he couldn't even hit half his irons because he'd never hit off Fesky before. So he's changed a few things and it looks like it's paying dividends. Interesting concept uh, that I was, uh, wasn't surprised. Well, no, I was surprised to hear that uh, a, you know one of the world's greatest players uh, at the current time would go and change uh, their equipment. Having played that club, not extensively, I've certainly had it in my bag for a, for a wee bit, the P7MC, I, and having experienced the P730, which is the blade, and then played in off fescue, you can see, you know, the difference is probably just a little bit more bounce, a little bit less dig and a little bit more bounce. So, you know, he's going to find the middle of the face a little bit more rather than not knowing where the club and how the turf is going to interact with the blade. You know, as soon as you get that leading edge, it, it it's going to dig a little bit. So... Whether that's exactly what he said, but that's my interpretation of why he would change those scoring clubs into that profile of iron because it's just a little bit more radius on the sole, a little bit, little bit of relief on the leading edge, and just it's going to work. Think about that, though. He's changed the irons that he's been comfortable with in a in over a week. Yeah, and look what he's doing. Like usually, most people, even at the top level, when they're changing clubs, fundamental especially on a scoring club and you're changing to something different, like that's time and effort. Like shows the kind of person he is. Hmm. Well, Freak. you know, in, in fairness to him, like and, and more of a compliment to um, the club manufacturers and in particular uh, TaylorMade in this example and shout out to Matt Bovee from TaylorMade, their lead of product ideation and creation, uh, guest of the My Love of Golf podcast previously. You know, they've, they've made these sets to be somewhat blendable. You know, they have a, they have a matrix to you know, allow players to build whatever combination of these blades and, and cavity blades that they have to make up a set. So, you know, they're, they're not too far out of whack. It's not like they're going from, you know, a, a Formula One to a V8 supercar. It, it's, you know, just a slight variation. So they can come in and out and, you know, if you're skilled like Colin Morikawa, you know, he, he should be no, able but to... but the thing is, though, they've, those guys are so, going to be so dialed in, right? So for them, it's what's the ball flight then going to be different? Then what is their distance? Like there's a, there's about three or four other factors that they would be they would have to have worked on really fast to, yeah. get, to get comfortable with it. 
So my my question would be, you know, like it would be, does it go like this? And I don't know. Do they go to the tour truck and go, Bill Collin, uh, eight nine a pitch or seven eight nine a pitch in the MC? Let's go down to the range. And does he know within twenty balls how that club's working through? And then the that would dist- be on the launch monitors, the distances, and all of those things sort of become secondary. It's like, yep. yeah, this is working better. Um, what are the numbers? Okay, what do I have to do after that? You know, I think I think it'd be just he'd be going for that feel when he hits that ball off that fairway, off that turf. How does it feel? Does, is he feeling the club go under the ball and getting in the middle mm. of the face rather than digging and you know not being? Yeah, that's what he's and effectively exactly what he said. Ross is exactly what he said. So he said that he was so happy with the way he was hitting the ball, but the feel just wasn't there. It just did, and it felt didn't feel right at all, which is why he made that switch. Mm. So it's been like to pick it up so quickly. I mean, obviously these guys are exceptional, but to pick it up and turn it around that quickly is yeah. is unbelievable. I, I'm lucky. You know, you guys know I'm lucky, and the listeners, whether they picked up what I do or don't do, whatever. I'm going to tell you now. I'm lucky that I get to play around with some golf clubs, and so far this year I've had one, two, three, four sets of irons of different manufacturers in my in play, um, partly to test and be able to talk like this about it. And definitely one of those sets of irons was a very small blade with a very pronounced leading edge and very little sole relief. And and playing on, okay, not fescue, um, but cooch, there was, it was so different for me to hit that club after playing off the same conditions every week versus what I had been playing. And I thought it was me. You know, I thought it was me. But then I went, changed to another, another club back to what I, went, what I was playing with, okay, worked out the difference. And then I went to another brand, worked out the difference. And ultimately I've settled on a profile of sole that I know works on the turf conditions that I play. And and that's sort of what he's done. You know, the profile of the sole that I play works on the turf conditions and works for my swing. Um, so it's a big thing. It's a big thing. So good, mm-hmm. good, good on him for changing. There you go, a little bit tech- techie. Do, do, if we go down that leaderboard, Usti. Career, not a career, it's a, a record for an open halfway mark score. Kenny, is this the time he can get it done? Yes or no? I don't know if he's going to fluff a pillow or blow a spring. <laughs> <laughs> the mattress king. Considering that he's got his mat, the, 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 brown, the brown out hasn't occurred, he's got his, he's got his mattress on board, he's in, in whatever accommodation that he is in, um, he's comfortable. Can he get it done? Yes or no? If there's one thing that he's improved on and he's obviously put a lot of work into it, it's his putting. Mm-hmm. So st- apparently statistically in 2021 on the tour, like PJ tour and all through the majors, he's like statistically one of the best putters on the tour. We historically, he never has been. And, and he himself, you know, you can see over the last 10 years, he's, he's just a ball striking machine. And it's his short, his putting that's probably let him down the most. And then that just has a flow and effect with his name. And he still has the, the odd shot that he just blows here and there. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where I'm, I'm all, I would love for him to do it, but I almost don't have faith in him to do it because it's the, I, there's a bit of Norman factor in there. It's like, I just keep knocking I keep knocking and then there's something or someone either outplays me or I do something that just blows it. It's one of the two. And especially the look at the leaderboard. Like, 
No, I, I think I'm pretty much exactly the same, mate. I, I think he can do it. I really do. But I also look at it like Morikawa's two behind. I feel like he's had a little bit of a worse draw. I feel like his approach is the best in the world by a long way. Um, I think by tomorrow, obviously we could we could see a new leader. Um, but the guys that are that are backing up behind them. Uh, Spieth at eight under, DJ seven, Scheffler DJ, at seven. DJ DJ is scary. Absolutely, the easiest um, DJ with the easiest sixty-five you're ever going to see. Um, see the up and down. I think it was like I'm thirteen or whatever it was, where he's like about five hundred kilometers left. <laughs> it was like he was in like in some I don't know some corner shop or something. And he's hit it to like three feet when it should, he's like in a position to be making like double. <laughs> and the, those guys there, especially Spieth and DJ, they're the ones you can see. And and, and I'm going to put Scheffler in there too because Scheffler can shoot some low numbers. Um, they're all within four. I, I don't see anyone behind that catching, and that's not putting you know, that's putting a line through blokes like Brooks and and Ram that aren't that far back. They're you know five. Um, but they the need to be. Is, they, those guys need to be shooting super, super low tomorrow to correct. be in amongst it. Because you can't see in the conditions we're looking up in the next two days. You can't see Usti, Morikawa, Spieth, DJ all shooting high enough scores to let them catch up. So the long answer is: Can he win? Yes. Am I expecting him to? No. So basically, what are you saying? Are you saying from anyone who is Minus five and above can't win. Yeah, I'm going to say that I'm actually going to go just because I like uh, being wrong. I'm going to say there's only six people that can win it from here. Yeah, anyone that's minus seven and above. Seven and above. Seven and above. Yeah, just purely based on the ability of the guys that are seven and above and the conditions we're going to have. If we if we could see that Sunday afternoon was going to be windy as anything, then, yeah, you could see a, a Paul Casey shooting a reasonable source, getting in his clubhouse and, and getting there. But If it doesn't get windy but the course firms up, what you're going to have is you're going to have maybe three players separate from the field and you might have two, maybe one. It, it's, it'll be like 90-90 all over again. Like Faldo just had a – he was just in a zone and just – you just – separate from the field which is just far better than everyone else that week could see a stenson uh mickelson uh spieth morikawa shootout yep 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 it's either that you're going to have a couple that are going to you will see a separation of the field once the course gets that bit firmer and the conditions don't um get windy it'll just be the pure separation of people that are just on and ball striking you know, you won't have these people coming from behind and, and um, you know, chasing people down. Mm. And you're right, you know, the, the R&A don't care about the score. You know, like no one, no one really remembers uh, what um, score that uh, Stenson and Phil Mickelson shot at Troon. You know, there's a picture of Troon sitting behind me for, uh, for the pictures. Um, yes, it was the, probably the greatest final round, blow by blow, um, 
you know, final group you'll ever see. It was it was unbelievable being there. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't uh, benign conditions that day. Like, it was probably benign for them. But for me, I would have said it was a bit breezy. But uh, it was just it was just wonderful. And they shot minus – it was minus 20 they had. So, um, okay, so minus 7 and above. So it looks like it's a almost like a top of the leaderboard stack with America and South Africa. Mm, it is, yeah. Yeah, you got the, the frugal – Frugal Fratelli on there, up there as well, contending in another major. Why Frugal? Why does he get the uh, nomenclature Frugal? Oh, you don't know some of the stories. Oh, no, I know that he wears uh, Oakley frames with uh, clear lenses. I know about, not much about so, Dylan Fratelli. So, so the so the stories are that he wears the the sunshade, whatever it is, the sleeves, because he wanted to save money on um, sunscreen. Um, there's another one where I think it made it onto Twitter where he complained about the $1 surcharge for PPE masks. Um, apparently he got, he's given people a life hack. So when you're hiring cars, when you're putting a high, giving a hire car back, you don't actually have to give it back with a fuel, full tank of fuel. So apparently he has uh, equipment to siphon the fuel out and sell the, sell the fuel to other people. <laughs> Oh, there you go, uh, Frugal Fratelli, uh, hashtag Frugal Fratelli. That is justified if that is true. Um, well, Usti, I think Usti can get it done. I think this is the this is the time that he can get it done. I hope Usti can get it done. It's sort of like in my plus 40 brigade sort of desires, which aren't going to happen. Yeah, Paul Casey, great to see Paul Casey still in, in somewhat contention. Obviously, we've just written him off there. Um, Rosie made the cut. Who else? Poulter made the cut. Westy made the Roy, made the cut. So the plus forty brigade made the cut. Pete Inkham, Rory McIlroy. Did Rory made the cut? I thought he missed. No, he made, no, he made the cut. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I, I've watched his round again. I've watched both of those rounds with eagle eyes, and I'm going to call it here. R.I.P. Rory as a major player. Really. Mm. He's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's got no idea with his driver. He's got no idea. His wedges, again, the, we'll talk about his wedges. Look, he's had a great career. He's got four majors. He's just a... It's, it's funny. The win that he had was this year was at a tournament that he absolutely adores and everything sets up well and loves a course. But it's just so disappointing because we've all seen what he can do and the flashes that you see here and there, you get excited because you think it's back and he's going to just tie it all together. He needs time, but it's not I, happening. I got, I got excited. I think it was the 2019, was it 2019, 2018 players championship where all of a sudden he started hitting all three quarter shots and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, he's figured it out. No, nah, it goes back again. And then I'll call it two things. I reckon it's the, the whole thing with the driver, the equipment. I don't think he's quite, come around to it or he, whatever he needs to change in his swing to sort of be more accustomed to it. He's not, he can't figure out how to hit his wedges correctly. And then that flows through the rest of his game. And I think he's just all over the place just mentally. So it's either he tries too hard, or he doesn't try hard enough or, 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 you know, eases off too much. Mm-hmm. And he's got so much talent and he just frustrates me. So, 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 so I'm not going to be frustrated anymore. Flatline, he's dead. He's gone. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Rip. Rip McElroy. Doesn't exist anymore. He's just a tour player. That's it. And maybe, here's the thing, unfortunately, is that if you think about it, you know, he won his majors in like a three-year real hot period. 2011, 12, 2014. 
right? Had this real hot streak. Um, and, and that's it. So is that it? It was that peak Rory and he has, he doesn't have anything else because you've got all these other players that have come through in the, the depth of field, right? If, if he's looking at someone like Spieth and then he might look at Spieth and go, how does this little poofer, you know, hit his little party pie drives around and still shoot six and seven under? That's because the rest of his game is just elite. And he looks at someone like Brooks and DJ and those guys and they just wander around and just overpower courses and just destroy fields. And Rory seems like he's just, I don't know, he's in some mental jungle somewhere. <laughs> Flatline, dead. Mm. Well, well, we can only say, okay. how, do you, how, do you, how do you respond to that rocket? Uh, you know, the rocketism is, is drawn the line through Rory. Surely, surely he has to rebound at some stage. We've been like saying it every major, every year for the last six years. Yeah. I would, see, I would have put a line through Jordan Spieth to, a year ago as well, but the love for Jordan Spieth is uh, well and truly back amongst 14, the crowd. 1435, Saturday, 17th of July, 2012, pronunciation, time of death, Rory McIlroy's <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, like like we just look at you, just look at, his, at Rory's stats this week. He's hit nearly 70% of fairways. He's hitting 67% of greens. His putting's okay. It's not not good, not bad. He's bang on field average. Just nowhere near it. There's no, there's no little diamond that's bringing him up to the top of the leaderboard. It's just not no little sparkle. No. Oh, well. Okay, Rory, um, good luck rest, for the rest. The rest have all, rest enjoy, enjoy the rest <laughs> of your career. <laughs> Ambassadorial duties for, uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, okay, uh, Jordan Spieth. Lot, still a lot of love for Jordan Spieth out there, Dustin Johnson. So I can feel that he's potentially a smoky in that uh, minus seven and above group. Scotty Scheffler probably won't Spieth get done. train. Like, mm. I've talked about this. I know I got into him a bit. It's, and he kind of said it in the interview when he talked about the first round in terms of being over there and he goes, he has to think about the shot and being thinking about the shot, not all the other things that are the, about the swing and things like that. And and he talked about if he's not thinking about that, then you're going to hit, hit it into trouble. And he even referenced, he goes, maybe I need to start thinking a bit like that when I'm back on the range or, or back home and in the US, right? So he's in his element and I think he's just going to continue to grow in confidence. And, you know, if if let's say if Spieth wins, that would be monumental. Like golf Twitter would absolutely just lose their mind yeah. because Spieth's one of those good guys. Because the thing is that he's not a bomber. He just kind of gets it around. He's he can be emotional and stuff like that. But he's just he's one of those ones that he is universally loved by everyone. Yep. The the yep. what he was referring to was getting uh, external, so internal versus external attention, oh, and. That's it. Yeah, so if you've listened to the Mental Mastery Golf podcast, one of the other uh, trio of podcasts that we do, you would have heard Jamie talk about internal and external attention and very much, you know, what he's saying is about being external is, is just thinking about dealing with what's in front of him, not 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 thinking about technique, not technical, not, uh, you know, what he's doing swing-wise and just thinking about dealing with what's in front, playing a shot, relative to the, the course, the conditions, the time and, and his feel. And uh, 
yeah, funnily enough, uh, it, it works. It really does work. Okay, what's next? You know who you know who's really impressed me. He's not going to win, uh, and I'm great to see him playing. I'm very glad to see him playing well. I don't know why. I've always been a bit of a Marcel Seam fan, maybe because he wears the Mercedes Benz badge on his shirt, and so therefore he's sponsored by them. And I used to spend twelve years of my life driving one. Um, he, how good's he, he playing? How good's he playing? He just looks. He's just. He was as pumped up and as excited as a bloke in a second round that I've ever seen last night. <laughs> it was like, uh, what's his name, the Italian dude at um, at the US Open? Guido Migliozzi. Oh. Yeah, 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 fist pumping everything. Oh, mate. He, oh, he, I reckon he'd fist pump picking up his tea. He, he just, if you, if you had a told, if you had a taken a screenshot of a couple of holes in a row and said this bloke's coming down the stretch about to win his first tournament, that's how excited he is, you would have gone, yep, that makes sense. He was pumped. It was great to watch. He's a multi, multi-time European tour winner. Um, at one stage in his career was, you know, probably knocked on the door of Ryder Cup teams and whatever else. Has been battling away on the Challenge Tour, and you know has been really struggling. Picked up a win on the Challenge Tour last week uh, in whatever the event was. I can't I figure what it was, and um, which qualified him for a place in the Open. And he's taken his opportunity and run with it. He's a sitting at minus six. Probably won't win, but uh, you know it's a great story uh, for someone that I've followed for a wee while. And um, Vilgluck, uh, Marcel, good gespielt, and uh, Vilgluck. I'm going to nickname him the Event Logger. The event logger. Yeah. Now, people in my field, if they, in my industry, if they look at his last name, they'll understand why I call him the event logger because his name is Seam, S-I-E-M. So it's an inside industry joke. Well, okay. So for the, uh, those of us not on the inside, what's S-I-E-M, Seam? What's an event logger? Security incidents, events, Management. Okay. Same. <laughs> Security in, <laughs> incidents events management. Same. Oh, well. It's an actual technology platform. Um, well, Rocket, when you are saving the world from cyber attacks, um, we will always forever now forward think of Marcel Seam and his performance at the 2020 event logger. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Brooks, your boy Brooks, delivered on delivered on a few a few fronts. Slow start. Just, okay, yesterday. Just Pretty those, good yesterday. Just those, those, that double on four. Like, if you look at the rest of his round, he shot, what did he shoot? 60, 66. No, 66 with a, with a double and two bogeys. Like, oh, his, his like, except for those, his round was probably as equal to Collins. He was just, he was, he was hitting, he was just hitting it really, really well. Like really, really, really well. But he's just having he's still a couple of those holes where he's just would do something wrong and it would just undo something and he'd have to try and rebuild momentum again. It happened in the first round where it looked like he got off to a good start. He stalled and kind of held on. Obviously he had, you know, not the best conditions, but, you know, close. Yeah, you know, it might be another one of those ones where he finishes high and but doesn't win. Yeah. 40, only at 40, just under 43% of his fairways today, but nearly nearly 80% of his greens. So exactly right, Rocket. It's uh, not quite there, but he's still making the most of it when he when he's uh, getting on getting on the deck. Yeah, he's he's, st- he's better. He's 
his last couple of majors have been better with a putter than he had been for probably the last 12 or so months before that. Because um, he, he you know, during his run, he was probably as good as anyone on the green, especially from eight feet in. It was like, just book it. Clutch. Yeah, he's a clutch. So do we want to make, in closing, do we want to make some predictions for the uh, outcomes uh, here? I I think I've only got one one prediction still alive, Mike, um, as the stats guru, master, leader of the um, record keeping team. Now, uh, what 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 am I still alive with? Please please remind us. Well, you've got three through the cut, but Westy and Poulter are probably unlikely. But Casey's twelfth, so that's not. He's your live live chance. Mm. No, there's, um, one, there's one other chance that's that's far more live than that, and and it's a recurring theme every week. Top Scott. Top Scott. Top Scott. We booby. We booby. Yeah. Uh, is he, I think you might have already collected. I think he's the only one to make it through. Thank you very much. There you, you go. Thank you very much. Line up. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> well, you had um, Shane Lowry too for top GB and I. Uh, well, yeah, no, he's got to have a couple of uh, – he's, he's 17th. He's not miles off. Well, did we did we correct that? Because I had I went with all of these uh, the senior gentlemen, the the Westie, Poulter, and uh, Casey. So that was GB. So he's definitely still the I. <laughs> he's, to, he's top I of G of the GB and I. Yes. Um, so well, he's he's only uh, he's four under. So the top GB and I is at six under. So he's only two behind Sullivan. Well, we could well, I could double up there. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see um, Shane finish very strongly. There was a lot of love for him yesterday when he teed off. I, was, I watched the first probably four or five holes. Um, yeah, no, there was a lot of love, and he was playing pretty well. We'll see. Mm. Anything else? Big Foxy, Big Foxy, the uh, Aussie. No, he's not an Aussie. Foxy's a Kiwi. We can claim him. We can claim him. The flag looks. Um, as, the flag if, looks. If the your same. eyesight's a little bit dodgy, the flag looks the same. <laughs> flag, wouldn't be the first Kiwi that we've claimed, but uh, I love seeing Big Foxy strutting around the, a Lynx course, just just mauling it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's been. Uh, there's a few. I've had a few people pick pick top Aussies and send them through. One uh, one friend sent one through that didn't go too well. He's coming last, which is that was um, Dean Lawson. Oh. He finished. He finished. Uh, well, Zalatoris withdrew, but Dan finished a plus seventeen, which wasn't wasn't great for him. But Phil wasn't oh, far that, behind, plus twelve. How bad was that? Yeah, yep. I saw that shot that he hit out of the rough. I think it was on fifteen. He looked like I thought he did something to his arm. Oh, Zalatoris, that is. He did. Um, yeah, that's he looked, he, but the thing is, though, he's talking about it's impacted his as his back. Yeah, and it's funny. There's um, a lot of people were like getting in, you know, because of the, the hoo-ha made about the putt he had on the last and, you know, maybe that was a twitch from his back or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it was, was terrible. Yeah. I mean, no, I, as no. a, People need to go back and see Will Zaratoris with uh, short putts. There's a reason he was on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour for a very long time and that twitchy putt on 18 is exactly why. So the, 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 the cranker, as I'll call it, the craw, the craw and the anchor, the cranker, <laughs> that's what we're going to call that grip. I like it. So um, that's <laughs> the reason when he went to the cranker. That's that's when he started to just you know make his make his way up through the leaderboard because he came through the same time as Jordan. You know, mm. all the commentators probably want to say that he you know 
slept over at Jordan's house and they had, you know, tea parties and stuff like that. Everyone likes to be Texan and associated with Jordan. But, uh, yeah, it's him putting a little bit better was is the thing that's elevated him because, again, he, he like um, Colin and a few of the other young guys, they're just, they're just stripers of the ball. Mm. No, he's, 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 he, yeah, he's a very, very good golfer. Uh, his putting certainly been the thing that's killing him. Um, but yeah, you never want to see anyone withdraw, especially if he's one under. So he wasn't yeah. like he was dead. Like he was still still close enough to be uh, making some solid money for the weekend. Uh, I will send something to the first person that uh, tweets referencing at my love of golf at uh, Infosec Rocket and Karidi Mike, who calls hashtag cranker uh, as the rocketism of the week. If you've listened this far, you're going to hear this. So I'll send you something. I don't know what I'll send you, but if you post uh, wherever you want to post it, hashtag cranker, uh, and the more the more places you post it, the more entries you get. Uh, I'll send you something. Of, one of on that. Twitter, one on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you something of value because that's uh, great. Crawl and anchor, you're a cranker. That's very good. It's very good. Uh, your boy Max Homer, he's uh, playing some he weekend golf. That's uh, pretty good for Max. It's he's enjoying his time in the UK. It's a little bit different for him. It's not not a probably not a, a, a most. Um, he's probably not spent heaps and heaps of time over this part of the world, but uh, here he is. Your boy. Yeah, he's he's at a big 2021. So I think if he can just eke his way through to the um, the snots and the the snot the snouts in the trough um, series, you know, I think he'll pick up there. Actually, do you know the other person talking about um, being up the leaderboard, Mister Poulter? Like, <laughs> you must be feeling a little bit dirty of the prank that Stenson played on him. With the what was it? What was it? It was piece. It was mint uh, tuna inside of some rolled up bread pieces of bread. Yeah, I think I cooked some to- tuna and some toast, and I put it on top of the roof. So he's had no- yeah. So that thrown up on top of his RV. So then the bir- the the seagulls are pecking away at his roof all night. Doesn't get any sleep, and he's got an early tea time in the first round. Shoots seventy two, probably like through the you know looking through his eyelids because he's so tired. <laughs> So are they, are they, So the thing that I'm most curious about that, and it goes in line with my fetish for um, tiny houses and RVs, um, are they all staying in RVs and like MotoGP style, like in the, yeah, ca- in so the they're, car park? Yeah, they're in a paddock and there's a, I think there's a heap of the European guys um, basically just said, hey, let's just find a place. And um, I think they've, they've got a gypsy. particular RV mob that hire them and they've gone all and hired their own RVs and they're almost like in a little, little area and they're just, having barbecues and mm. doing all sorts of stuff and just kicking back and shooting the breeze. Yeah, that, that, um, you sent me that link, Poulter's Instagram, and I had a look at it last night and I saw the videos of where they were set up. It looked, the RV looked like better than my house. Yeah. But it was, uh, it looked like a little uh, village there all set up for him. PG, yeah. PGA Pikey style, Pikey PGA. <laughs> there you go. Do you know what, a pi- you know what I'm talking about, Pikey? Is there a rocket? No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Oh, I've watched probably, that. It's probably, it's probably Brad, a dro- Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt with the most <laughs> famous pikey of all. It's probably a derogatory term. I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking of too. Well, that's 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 where it comes from. Um, yeah, no, they uh, threw uh, some uh, tuna on top of his roof, and we had some pterodactyls on my roof, mate. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's very bad impressions of Henry Stenson and Ian Poulter. Uh, now, Rocket, see the hat I'm wearing. Forget the badge, the Melbourne City badge that's on the front. Do you re- do you have any? Any reference to the colour of the hat that I'm wearing? Is it brown? Is it like in reference to like Louis Oosthuizen with the brown out? No. No. 
No, but you did say something last night when I did comment on something <laughs> that made me laugh again. Oh, about the I other, can't the other, the other Australian to make the cut. Adam. Adam. Oh, and, and oh. some of the worst clothing ever. I went to Uniqlo the other day and I tried to go, buy some Adam Scott Brown and, and A, they didn't know who Adam Scott was down at Uniqlo in Melbourne Central and B, they were, they were fresh out of brown. So uh, I've, I've gone the brown hat today in reference to um, and, you know, support of... What, what did I say? I say lots of things and I'm just riffing and... I, I'm, I sometimes don't even know what I'm apologising for. We must, we, if we're talking about Adam Scott, who's probably one of the finest uh, dressed and looking gentlemen in Australian golf history, um, if we're talking about him wearing brown and, and chastising for brown, oh, we're I, prob- I see what I said. We're, pro- <laughs> we're, prob- we're probably getting to the end of this podcast, but I, I just thought uh, I'd put the brown hat on, Rocket, and see if it, you remembered saying that he'd been dressing like a homeless person. Dressing like a homeless man for the how last five years. How dare you say that about our Adam? Uh, good luck he to you, Adam a Scott. Terrible, he's a terrible, terrible dresser. Yeah, the baggy pleated pants. I got nothing for that. They look terrible. Oh my god, that is really. It's real. It has. When he started, I think it was like 2016. I remember the, he first rolled up with the pleated the pleats at the US Open in 2016, and it's he set the bar low, and it's been a slippery slope from there. Gents, well done. In closing, who is? Your final tip, Magic Mike. Who's winning? Who's winning? This is what the people want. I've stayed 53 minutes for this. Um, I'm going to, well, my heart and my wallet and everything wants Colin to win, so I'm going to say Colin, but I'm going to add one thing to it, and that is there's a guy that I know, Greg Barry, who's hands down the worst gambler in the world. He's We call him Jinx Barry. Pre-tournament, pre-tournament said to me, he doesn't bet golf ever, Louis Oosthausen is going to win wire to wire. And I, the odds were 160 to one. No. And I made fun of him. And I'm still now watching Louis sitting wire to wire, and I'm getting very nervous. Oh, you jinxed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping that Jinx Barry follows through and helps me out here. But I'm gonna. I'm, I'm 100% with Colin. Same. 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 Yeah. Heart and wallet. Well, it looks like I've got another two nights of my phone pinging every 35 seconds with uh, you two just uh, having a Colin Flogfest off with each other, but I'll be on Louis Oosthuizen, wire to wire. <laughs> Me and Jinx Barry, I'm with you, Jinx. I'm with you. <laughs> Gents, if, unless there's anything else, we might call it an afternoon on that and get back to uh, Saturday afternoon, day two of Melbourne lockdown 5.0. Looks like we're going to probably go for a little bit longer, so uh, we'll see how we go. It's been great to catch up with you, and I look forward to... Uh, remember the retweets. Remember the... <laughs> one love, one wood. So one love, one wood, and then if you get to this part, you've listened to uh, the special offer of... Uh, if you if you get to hashtag Cranker... Was it Cranker? Cranker. Yeah, Cranker. Craw, craw and... The Craw and Anchor. Cranker, <laughs> All right, very good. I'll see you uh, soon, gents. Thanks for joining us.